Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Happy Victory Monday, Chargers fans. Thank God we were able to celebrate Victory Monday, the first of the year, after the first game. I can't absolutely believe it. What a game that was. Holy cow. As stressful as week one is, I don't know if I could take that throughout the season, but you know what? If that's what it takes for this team to be successful and to win some games, I am all about it. So once again, happy Victory Monday, guys. This is Michael Peterson. Welcome to the Powder Blue Review. This is episode 16 of the podcast. As always, let's get into the stuff. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, you can go ahead and follow at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. If you want to go ahead and follow the podcast handle as well on Twitter, that's at PB Review Podcast. And if you want to follow all my written work, you can go on over to SB Nation's Bolts from the Blue.com. I do a couple weekly things. Um, I'm always writing something every other day, trying to do every day. Um, so get on over there if you can't get enough. If you want a little more, you know, addition than just this podcast with me in your life. Please go on over there, comment, uh, subscribe, everything. Actually, subscribe to this podcast. I don't think I mentioned that too much enough. Subscribe, smash the like button, five star reviews. Tell me what you like about the podcast. Tell me what you don't. Tell me what you think I need to fix or be better at, I do appreciate every single thing that you guys tell me about this podcast. Now, going into today's show, obviously we're going to cover the game. Um, again, a 32-24 overtime victory with a walk-off touchdown from Austin Eckler. It was such a great game to watch. Ups, downs, highs, lows. It was absolutely outstanding. We will also get into other news, including a recent report from Ian Rappaport saying when he thinks that Melvin Gordon will reportedly return to the team as well. Um, we'll go over snap counts and kind of some takeaways from those who played and how much, what does that mean going forward, um, and just overall try and bask in this 1-0 feeling here being a Los Angeles Chargers fan. I'm super excited about it, so let's get into it. All right, so getting into the little bit of Gordon news that uh, was released, Ian Rappaport actually reported it a couple days prior to game day, and that's that according to some sources of his, he believes that Gordon will return sometime between week six and week eight. Now, if you guys didn't know already, Gordon has to return by week 10 uh, for a full season to be accrued on his contract, which means that if he wants to actually be considered an actual free agent, he must return to the team and play prior to week 10. Why I think week six and week eight sort of is this sweet spot, and I agree with Rappaport and his sources, is that that would allow Gordon to essentially come back, and if he comes back week six, I don't think he plays right away, which means he'd debut in seven or eight. Um, if he comes back seven or eight, he probably plays um, you know, eight, nine, whatever. But with the team's bye on week 12. If Gordon were to come back, you know, at week 10, he'd probably only play one game, two games, and then have a bye, and then just a couple games left. I think he'll want to come back prior to that week 10, but then play enough to obviously show what he can do. 
He is the type of player that he thinks he is to kind of help out with his potential deal in free agency. Since the team is done negotiating and that $10 million, $10 to $11 million deal that was offered before the season is now off the table, Gordon is going to have to play for $5.6 million. Um, at this point, if he ever expects to get more money and maybe the deal that he actually wants, you know, in that $12, $13 million range, uh, he's going to have to come do what he doesn't want to do, which is play the year. But he again, he cuts the year in half. He limits injury risks. He mitigates all of that. And potentially, uh, you know, this could work out in his favor. And, and hopefully, you know, if he does come back in the shape that we all think he will be, um, Maybe he could end up leading the Chargers and helping them, you know, get to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and, and potentially get to that Super Bowl that we all want. Next up, I kind of just want to go over the snap counts from the offense and the defense, just because I think there's some stuff of note here. And some players played more than I expected, some played less, some guys didn't play nearly as much as they probably should have. Um, so I just kind of want to dive into this for a little bit. Some things of note uh, Hunter Henry. Thank God he's back. He came in and played 91% of snaps, 58 of a total 64 snaps that the offense had um, total. And he honestly, after being shut out in the first quarter, obviously he responded with four catches, 60 yards in the second half. Some of those on clutch money downs, which is absolutely huge. But Henry's biggest impact in this game was in his blocking. I just rewatched the game, give myself a fresh perspective the day after, and Henry had a two-for block on Austin Eckler's long 55-yard screen pass for a touchdown. He also was key on a lot of those sprung runs for Justin Jackson and Eckler as well. Huge, huge day from Hunter Henry in all facets of the game. And I cannot be more thankful that he is back. Uh, the other tight end to name, Virgil Green, played 42% of the snaps, 27 total. And uh, that's good to see just because of the success they had using two tight ends. And I think that this is, you know, without Tyrell Williams kind of forcing their hand to be a three wide receiver set offense. They're able to use double tights and help pound the rock, which they did with uh, a decent amount of success, especially on the game-winning drive with Austin Eckler's seven-yard walk-off touchdown. So... Good to see from the tight ends. Um, one of the biggest themes going into the season was what was the snap uh, division going to be between Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson? Some people thought Justin Jackson would probably wrestle some, uh, you know, be the main ball carrier, uh, wrestle some carries away from Austin Eckler. But after week one, guys, Austin Eckler honestly didn't come off the field too much and after the performance he had, I don't see why he should, but Eckler garnered 75% of the snaps, which is uh, 48 total, to Jackson's just 25%, which was 16 total, and Justin Jackson was very productive in his own right. The guy had six carries for 57 yards, um, almost, you know, leaving with a 10 per clip, and that's exactly what you want to see from your backup running back, and if you remember Anthony Lynn in Buffalo, he helped lead the NFL in rushing, I think, three straight years when he was with Buffalo and I think he had one year with the Jets before he was in Buffalo. But they had Mike Gilsley as a backup to LaShawn McCoy. And Tyrod Taylor, as you know, was his quarterback there as well. And Mike Gilsley was very efficient as a backup. He, he averaged well over five yards per carry during his time behind LaShawn McCoy. And I think that's going to be something that's fairly similar to what the Chargers are going to do here um, in 2019. Derek Watt was only on the field for 23%, 15 total snaps. He did have two clutch carries, keeping the chains moving, and as well, uh, helped spring some blocks for some big gains with Eckler and Jackson as well. I don't want to see him on the field an absolute ton, but at the same time, 
he does help out this offense. And if he's able to move the chains on third and one, then I don't mind because you see the teams like the Patriots do that type of stuff as well. Good teams are able to use their fullbacks in situations that help maximize, you know, the success of the team in the long run. So um, I'm not a big, or excuse me, I am a big fan of what they did with Watt on Sunday. Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, uh, Allen was 83%, 53 total snaps. Williams had 64%, that's 41 snaps before he went down towards the end of the game. Obviously, that number would have been higher. Um, and the funniest one is Tyrod Taylor had a target in this game, if you guys recall. He had one snap. Uh, Rivers just had to end up throwing it away. Uh, I'm not really sure what the whole plan was for that specific play, but didn't work out, and, and thank God it didn't cost the team too much um, in the line of success. Uh, one thing that did kind of upset me, and it upset quite a few of the fans as well, is that Forrest Lamp only garnered two snaps on the day. Now, we knew he was going to play. Anthony Lynn said, yes, Forrest Lamp's going to play. Uh, he didn't have a specific amount. And technically, he didn't lie. But two snaps for Forrest Lamp, and he only went on when they wanted to do um, an extra offensive lineman and heavy run formations. But it wasn't that great of a day for the offensive line in general. Um, I'll have to go back and see how Feeney and Schofield really did. Um, just from a quick glance, I obviously I don't think they did terribly well, but well enough to obviously win this game. I'm not sure how the Chargers aren't forced to play Lamp at one of those offensive tackle positions. And just in terms of a pass protection uh, mindset, Tevi is not that good. He does do some good things in the run game. But Trent Scott, man, he was letting Phillip have it. He tried his damnedest, man, but Kamoka Ture, uh, Muhammad, another pass rusher, they were getting after um, Phillip Rivers way too much. So I, I can't understand that, but hopefully something changed prior to the game against the Detroit Lions. Going over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Ingram, Bosa, both played a bunch, 95 and 86% respectively. Thomas Davis, man, I know they brought him over to be a leader on this defense, but I don't think a guy like him at his age should be playing 100% of the snaps. He did lead the team. It was a game-high 14 tackles, but it wasn't like he was making a ton of those tackles uh, near the line of scrimmage or for stops and stuff like that. He was kind of just cleaning up, and, and in general, the defense really did a bad job of tackling. Like, we're just being totally honest. They missed a lot of tackles, including on T.Y. Hilton's second touch down of the day where he's able to squirt up the sideline after uh, breaking a tackle from Adrian Phillips. Thomas Davis overran it. It just wasn't a good look. But uh, Brandon Faison was forced into duty. He is the, the last cornerback that the Chargers kept on their roster for their final 53. But because of Mike Davis getting hurt after only five snaps, um, Trevor Williams is honestly hurt as well. Not sure what's going on with him, but the corner, they're going to have to do something. And Anthony Lynn actually said today, earlier today on Monday, that the team will be looking to make a move at cornerback because all of a sudden they have three cornerbacks. And with the way that the Colts were able to abuse Brandon Faison is no bueno. So they're going to make a move there. Desmond King, 76%, 48 snaps. Kaiser White was on the field. He got the start at Mike, 86% of the snaps. Uh, rookies, uh, Nasir Adderley, zero snaps on defense. Jerry Tillery had a third of the snaps, 33% exactly. Um, Good thing to see. Good thing to see. Uh, he only had one tackle on the day, didn't make any splash plays, but it's good to see that him and a veteran like Damian Square had the, the same amount of snaps at 33%. Uh, another surprise, Chenna Nwosu only played 22%, 14 snaps. You think he would have been playing more, especially if they were trying to get after Jacoby Brissett, really try to rattle an inexperienced quarterback, but 14 total snaps. That's all it is for Nwosu. 
0% of snaps, actually zero snaps on defense for Drew Tranquil as well. Another guy that you really thought kind of was forcing the hand of the coaching staff to uh, get him on the field. But we didn't see it. And hopefully, again, that's something else that changes uh, going into next week. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's just one problem. Guys keep buying generic, off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wires pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started, actually. You just have to visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Powder Blue Review listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. Can't really beat that. That's Indochino.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just $369 with free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And now what you guys have all been waiting for, let's talk about the game. 30-24, to 24, stressful from start to finish. Victory over the Indianapolis Colts. So, let's look at some of the numbers here. Rivers had as close to, you know, a perfect game as he as he could have. He wish he didn't throw that interception, but even he said, you know, he explained what he saw. Uh, he did not think Malik Hooker was going to get to it, and that just shows, if anything, it speaks to the skill and ability of Malik Hooker, a guy that the Chargers actually probably should have taken uh, if they did not take Mike Williams in the draft in 2017. But Rivers finished with a line of 25-34 passing, 333 yards, three touchdowns, and that aforementioned interception. Quite a day from Rivers. Um, They needed every bit of Rivers. They needed every bit of him uh, for this game. He looked about as good as ever, to be totally honest. The way he navigated the pocket was keeping plays alive. And again, all the stuff is, what he's able to do is just that much more impressive because of the fact that he's not a mobile quarterback. He was able to throw guys open. He found Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. He found guys on these money downs. And I don't know if that speaks to him or Ken Wisenhunt, more likely both, but it was outstanding. And he did such a phenomenal job, as he always does, keeping this offensive line uh, alive, excuse me, keeping this team in the game and moving those chains. Then we look at Austin Eckler, man. And a performance like this all of a sudden got everybody saying the same thing. You know, Melvin Gordon, who? So. Wow, I just, it was such an incredible experience. 
performance by Austin Eckler, 12 carries, 58 yards, one touchdown on the ground. But then he almost reached that 100 yards receiving plateau where he had six catches, turned into 96 yards and two touchdowns. Wow, what a day from Eckler again, um, doing it on the ground, doing it through the air. And I think this is finally the type of performance and uh, he's finally the type of the player that everyone thought he could be. I know he started rough when he had his spot starts last season in place of Gordon. It uh, didn't look too hot, and that's when Justin Jackson kind of swooped in and did his thing as well. But this was the performance that Eckler needed, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. Justin Jackson came in, uh, spelled him for a good deal of snaps about, I think we talked about it earlier, 16. He had six carries only, but he, he broke him off for 57 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, had one catch for four yards. Almost had a touchdown, actually. Before Eckler uh, caught his first touchdown, Justin Jackson was open, just overthrown just slightly by Phillip Rivers, or else we'd be talking with Jackson having a score as well. But broke off a couple big runs, really helped get that average up there, just under 10 yards per clip. Still a good day from Jackson, and I'd, I'd honestly think to see a little more of Jackson against the Detroit Lions defense next week. Keenan Allen, eight catches, 123 yards, one touchdown, 10 targets, caught eight of 10. This is the type of Keenan Allen that we need to see. We need to see week in and week out. And one thing I did notice is that there wasn't too many slips by Keenan. And if you guys have noticed, watched him over the last couple of years, when this guy catches a pass and it looks like he's about to, to run after the catch, gain some rack yardage, he slips. And I think most of this is because he's, he's trying to make a play. He's trying to do something that... I don't think he's equipped enough to do it in terms of a change of direction, but uh, this was awesome to see. This was very awesome to see. Came up on plenty of money downs. Him being able to come down with that pass in coverage, he didn't. He had a you know half a step on the guy, right? But Rivers didn't lead him. He kind of had to step up in the pocket, avoid some pressure, and chucked it up. But that kind of trust between receiver and quarterback is so great to see. And the fact that he was able to come down, wrestle it away, um, almost was in double coverage with Malik Hooker over the top. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal job by Allen. Hunter Henry, after being shut out in the first half, four for 60 yards on five targets. Again, came up on money downs. Williams had only two catches for 29 yards, but that final catch that he had brought them from, I think it was a second and 23, something like that. Second and 20 something. Uh, Rivers came down, or excuse me, not Rivers. Mike Williams came down with a deep in. Unfortunately, this was the play that he got hurt on, but he set the team up for third and one, which Derek Watt on a fullback dive was able to convert for the team. Um, unfortunate, Anthony Lynn said there's no update on him, but he was walking around. I'm pretty sure he'll be just fine. Probably won't miss any time. Defensive side of the ball, Thomas Davis, 14 total tackles. Kaiser White behind him, nine total tackles, a tackle for loss. And how great is it that week one comes through and Bosa and Ingram are able to leave the game, each with a sack of their own. Bosa, eight total tackles, one sack, two QB hits. Ingram just had a pair of tackles, the one sack, and three QB hits. Ty Long, guys. Ty Long did such a good job in spot duty. Obviously, Michael Badgley, Friday before the game, hurt his groin, wasn't able to go again on Sunday. Ty Long steps in. He was a kicker and punter for the BC Lions in the CFL prior to uh, this game or before being signed by the Chargers. One for one on field goals. It was a 40-yarder. Didn't ask, you know, wasn't asked to do a ton, but did a phenomenal job punting, made all three of his extra points. About as good of a day uh, Ty Long could have had in this situation. Looking on the Colts, uh, you know, the defense was still good. The run defense was obviously horrendous, but Brissett was still able to complete 21 of 27 passes. A lot of those weren't terribly far down the field. Finished with 190 yards only, two touchdowns to T.Y. Hilton, who had eight catches, 87 yards, and two 
touchdowns. Um, both frustrating, very frustrating to allow from the Chargers. Both were just you know flukes. I don't I don't know so much flukes, but just if they played smart defense, you know, did their job. Uh, I don't think he would have scored a touchdown at all this game. Marlon Mack, though, man, took a whopping 25 touches for 174 yards and a touchdown. What a job by him. And he had a two-point conversion to tie the game. Such a day, good day from Mack behind that offensive line. That's such a good offensive line. Again, with Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith. I could talk about them forever. Defensive side of the ball real quick before we get to our last segment of the day. Malik Hooker probably had the catch of the year in week one. He had a one-handed interception off Phillip Rivers. Rivers was shooting for Keenan Allen in the back of the end zone. There was the window. I saw the window, so I, I understand what Rivers was looking at, and he explained it in, in, in a presser uh, after the game kind of what he saw. But Hooker came down with it, returned at about 20-ish yards. was fantastic. I, again, a guy who's probably going to be a really good free safety in this league for quite some time. And finally of note, Adam Vinatieri, man, 46 years old, still kicking for the Colts. Used to be a kicker for the Patriots. Won a couple Super Bowls with them. And then he's won a Super Bowl with the Colts as well. Man, the guy just... I don't know if it's Father Time finally coming to collect his dues, but Vinatieri made one of three field goals. Uh, he missed a 43-yarder, I believe, and a 26-yarder, which is absolutely insane, and then missed one of his extra points. So he finished one of three on field goals with a long of 44 and one of two on extra points. Wow. Probably, you know, huge for the Chargers, obviously. That, his misses were essentially the difference in this game, or else we might be not celebrating a victory Monday. But Adam Vinatieri looking as old as he is finally. Um, not sure what he looks like the rest of the year, but definitely not the best sign for the Colts. All right, guys, finishing up today's podcast, we're going to get into my weekly segment I like to call Surge or Static. Now, Surge or Static essentially means I pick three players and each game that took a step forward or played very well or surged forward. Hence, you know, the electricity puns. Yeah, 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 sue me. And I picked three players that stayed static. So guys who didn't really go anywhere, didn't move the needle in any direction for themselves at all or moved it back. So going into my surger static, first things first, no surprise here, is obviously running back Austin Eckler. Now, if you could have painted a better debut as the running back one for a team with Super Bowl aspirations, this is kind of what you really wanted from your running back. So what a way for Austin Eckler to kind of stake his claim as the Chargers top running back here, especially with the whole theme that Justin Jackson was going to wrestle um, snaps away from him while Melvin Gordon is obviously holding out. So after more than four quarters of action, Eckler man finished with 58 rushing yards, 12 carries, um, had 96 receiving yards, two more touchdowns. That's a total of 154 yards from scrimmage, and he essentially was the catalyst for the Chargers offense in this game. And now with a middling defense of the Lions next week, um, I fully expect Austin Eckler to continue taking a step forward, to continue surging forward with his play and his progression here as the top running back for the Chargers. Secondly, Keenan Allen, obviously. Um, again, eight catches, 123, and a touchdown on 10 targets. Allen is going to continue to get his in this offense. I know Mike Williams is going to get an uptick in targets. He didn't get that many prior to him being hurt, but game flow kind of had something to say about that. Uh, but again, Allen, underappreciated wide receiver in the NFL. 199 catches over the last two seasons. The guy does not have blazing speed. He is not you know, the size of a created player in Madden or NCAA. He does it with his route running savvy and his smart smarts. That was a weird way to put that, but his brain power, you know what I'm saying. 
the guy can just get open at will. He knows what to do in front of whatever coverage that the players are playing in front of him. Whatever the defense wants to do, Allen will find a way to get open. I don't know if he's playing with too much of a chip on his shoulder still, but the guy was white hot, you know, punny with white hot Sunday, Chargers, what they did. Okay, whatever. So he was great. He's probably going to draw Darius Slay in coverage next week. Now, Darius Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in the entire NFL, but I don't think he has too much of an issue with it. Expect Mike Williams, if he does come back, to see an uptick in work as well and see some of the running backs, see maybe Hunter Henry get pelted with some targets, and who knows? Maybe Travis Benjamin gets in it, but knock on wood, hopefully he does not. And our third surging player from Sunday against the Colts is linebacker Drew Tranquil. And I spoke earlier about snap counts. Tranquil didn't deserve, did not deserve, yes, he did deserve, he didn't get a snap in defense. So he made his plays on special teams. And what a way to kind of make his debut as a charger in a game that actually matters other than blocking a punt by the Colts. Wow. So Drew Tranquil burst through the line, burst through the protection, got his hand on the ball and it did go forward. So technically it wasn't counted. I don't think as a true block um, because it did go past the line of scrimmage, but our very own Matthew Stanley over at bullets from the blue. Uh, he does not have a Twitter. So, uh, but you guys who know Matthew, um, he did call this. He said, man, after the preseason, after seeing Tranquil play on special teams enough, he said, wow, Tranquil is going to probably block a kick at some point during the season. And, and Lord and behold, he did. Um, huge momentum shifted for the, the team and obviously went on to win this game. So every single person did chip in. Uh, post, excuse me, post game um, in the locker room, Anthony Lynn said it took all 46. And all 46 people did register. Those who were active on the field, they all registered at least one snap. So Drew Tranquil, huge kudos, man. I, I just wouldn't be surprised to see if he did get on the field uh, next week against the Detroit Lions. Down the stretch here, guys, we are going over our static players now, and this is a list that players do not want to be on. First one up is linebacker Thomas Davis. Now, he had a game-high 14 total tackles, um, but in this case, the stat of just total tackles is extremely misleading. Um, his tackles were because he was chasing down guys, guys who already broke through the line of scrimmage, um, cleanup job. It just wasn't the best performance. And one of the biggest things that a lot of us who are watching the game, we kind of said a lot of the same stuff, is that... White, excuse me, not White, Thomas Davis looked slow. Now, he's a 15-year veteran. He's the only defensive player from the 2005 draft, a veteran out of Georgia. But, man, we, they thought he was going to come in and, and be an upgrade, and it just didn't It just didn't click. You know, it just didn't look like a guy who was doing better than the guys around him. You know, he had his fair share of missed tackles. Um, he couldn't get off offensive linemen. He looked very hesitant. Um to read his keys and by the time he took a step to go after the ball carrier an offensive lineman usually a guard got his hands on him so it just wasn't that great of a performance if you look on ty hilton's second touchdown uh, they threw a quick screen to the left to ty hilton and adrian phillips looked like he had him wrapped up but instead uh, ty hilton uses momentum kind of spun back in away from the sideline and thomas davis unfortunately missed the tackle and ty hilton was able to score it up the sideline for about 12 yards and scored to uh, make it 28 26 where the Colts unfortunately went on to score a two-point conversion and tie the game, making this whole thing way more stressful than it needed to be if Davis didn't overrun uh, this play, which is just, again, weird to see from a 15-year veteran. Um, the thing about this is I think last year the Chargers defenders in the middle of the field, whether they were actually defensive backs playing linebackers or actual linebackers, that they were just fast. They were very athletic, Kaiser White, Jatavis Brown, obviously Adrian Phillips playing linebacker as well. 
I think it just looks a little bit different. You know, Davis isn't as fast as White, Brown, or Phillips, and we're kind of seeing what that actually looks like. So hopefully um, some things change. Maybe it's just an off game, but that's how I feel about Davis after week one. Uh, Secondly, cornerback Desmond King, and this isn't a guy whose name has been on the list too much, um, has been doing all the right things since he got drafted in the fifth round a couple years ago. But man, he muffed a punt, which unfortunately, oh, fortunately, actually, didn't lead to any points. That was when Adam Vinatieri missed his second field goal of the day. But King is known to be fairly sure-handed. Um, he finally won the job, wrestled it away from Travis Benjamin. And a lot of us have a ton of faith in Desmond King. But he muffed this pump, man. Luckily, he he got away with it uh, without them getting any points. But this is something that we can't see from King going forward. There's going to be too many important games that may come down to special teams blunders. And, and fortunately, on Sunday, the Chargers were the winners in that category for special teams splash plays. And finally, this one, you know, when a whole unit plays bad, I don't pick out one person. I kind of just say the whole unit. So finally on the static list, um, I just have the entire run defense. Now, the first when the first half was all wrapped up, uh, everyone was in the locker room. The Chargers had done their job, and they limited the Colts running game to about 26 yards rushing at the halfway point. Well, at that point, they were allowing just 2.7 yards per carry. So super good, especially on a team that has a very good offensive line and could run the ball at will. When the Colts came out of the second half, they absolutely just put it to the Chargers' run defense. All of a sudden, by the end of the third quarter, they had over 140 yards rushing. By the end of the game, they had 203 So yeah, a little bit of PTSD was coming back from the playoff game against the New England Patriots where um, they obviously ran the ball down the Chargers' throats, and that's exactly what the Colts did. Marlon Mack had a 64-yard touchdown run uh, in the second half as well to, to start minimizing that Chargers' lead. He finished with 174 on 25 carries, as I mentioned earlier, and just wow, over 200 yards of rushing allowed is so not good. It is so not good, and a lot of people did say, you know, when, when Denzel Perryman comes back, he may do something to this defense. He obviously helps out with the run defense. Um, he does make a difference, and there's something to be said about that, but I just don't know, man. 200 yards is 200 yards. It is week one. We are not going to over-exaggerate that much, but there's a little bit of fun in over-exaggerating, so um, I will do a little bit of that, but at the end of the day, um, it's still horrendous. Those numbers are horrendous, and something needs to be fixed and needs to be fixed now. And that does it for today's show, guys. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in once again. Happy Victory Monday, guys. Happy, happy, happy Victory Monday. This has been Michael Peterson again. If you guys want to go ahead and follow me at Twitter, or on Twitter, excuse me, that's at Zone Tracks, spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Follow the Twitter podcast handle as well, at PB Review Podcast. And go over to SBNationsBoltsFromTheBlue.com. That's where you can find all of my written work. Um, go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Smash the like button, smash the subscribe button. Leave me a review. You know, five-star reviews are always wanted. If you need something that, or that you want something fixed, something that I could do better on this podcast, please let me know. I always appreciate the feedback. You guys are always so kind and, and go about it in the right way, uh, I believe. So um, really do appreciate it, guys. This has been Michael Peterson on another edition of the Powder Blue Review. And guys, this starts with regular season. I will have two podcasts a week. So expect one more podcast later this week prior to Sunday's game. Um, I know that was probably exactly the news you wanted to hear on this Monday evening. So hope your day went great and we will see you guys later this week.